Hey, I'm Natalie Abbott. And I'm Vera Schmitz. We are sisters who host the Dwell Differently podcast. We help you memorize and meditate on one Bible verse every month. And all month long on our podcast, we talk about what that verse means, why it matters, and how we can apply that verse to our daily lives. Welcome back to the Dwell Differently podcast. It's your host, Natalie Abbott, and it's January of 2023. I don't even know how we got here, guys, (laughs) but here we are, and we are looking at the first verse for the year, and I really am excited about this verse because I feel like it's going to set the tone for us as we think about um, God's word and how we respond to it and interact with it in our daily lives. And I know so for so many of us, like this is a time when we start new things, and that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. And this this verse, I think, is going to help us to center our our hearts on God's word and allowing it to be the thing that directs us, the the way that we know what, what it is that we're supposed to do with our lives. Um, so without further ado, it's Psalm 119, 105, and it says this, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I'm pretty sure there was like some kind of um, 1990s, maybe 1980s Christian song. I don't know. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but I feel like maybe I've heard that before. Um, so those of you who know that song, I hope that that is now like triggered and going through your mind. And um, yeah, that you're going to hate me in about three days when you're still singing it. <laughs> um, anyway, today on our teaching podcast, we're going to talk about the context of this verse. It's found in Psalm 119, which is a passage of God's word that is all about God's word. Specifically, a lot of it has to do with following the rules. Um, And so we're going to answer three questions. The first answer we're going to talk about is what is Psalm 119 anyway? Um, What is it it talking about, specifically about God's word? What are the lessons that we learn from the psalm? And then how do we live this out? Um, So if, if Psalm 119 which is a book about God's word, about God's rules. If it had a title, I was sitting here thinking about it because I'm I'm dorky this way, but if I were going to give it a title, I think I would call it Ode to the Rules, How Do I Love Thee, Let Me Count the Ways. Because essentially every verse is talking about all of the rules of God's word and how much the psalmist loves them and how he just like, he counts them all out. There's 176 verses and guys, it's, it's all about following God's rules. I have two alternate titles. Uh, one is Following the Rules is My Favorite and the other one is Dear Rules, You're the Best. Um, so if you guys want to vote on that in our comment section, I would really appreciate that because I just need to know for my own self what I should write um, above the, the psalm in my own Bible so that I can title it correctly. Uh, anyway, <laughs> just kidding. Um, so our first question, what is Psalm 119? It is both a primer on God's word and it is also a love poem. So first off, it's a primer on God's word. So when you think about primer, um, not don't think about like paint on the wall, but think about like little kid primer, uh, like a nursery rhyme book. So my kids always had those like ABC books where it was like the ABCs of Star Wars or the ABCs of farm animals or whatever. Um, that's exactly what this is. This is a primer on God's word. So every 
uh, stanza starts with a new letter of the Hebrew alphabet. There are 22 stanzas, and it basically goes through A, B, C, like A, always your word is good, or B, beautiful are your laws, O Lord, or something like that. Not, I mean, this is just me making that up. That's not exactly what they say, but that's the idea, right? It's going through the Hebrew letters, and what that does is it helps you memorize the verse, because it takes the first letter of every word, not in a verse like we do at dwell, but of every word in the Hebrew alphabet. And when you see that letter, your mind is prompted to remember, oh yeah, this is the one about God's justice, or this is the one about God's word being good or um, you know comforting or whatever it is. So there are throughout, you'll notice, it depends on what Bible translation you, you're using, but there are eight Hebrew words that are all talking about the scriptures. Uh, words like rules, commands, statutes, testimonies, judgments. It depends on, on, again, what version of the Bible you're reading from. Plus, there are two more that I really appreciated. So as I was going through, before I realized that there were eight Hebrew words, there are actually two other words that are not referring to the scriptures specifically, but they certainly are referring to God's words and his teaching. And those two words are promises and ways. So if you take all of those words, the eight Hebrew words for scripture and the promises and the ways, you actually end up with only seven verses that don't specifically mention God's word, even though they're they're all talking about God's word. Like, this is every 176 verse, except for seven, says one of those words in it. Um, and so I have this beautiful, it's a scripture journal of the Psalms from Crossway. And I love it because on one side is the part where I get to write my own thoughts and prayers and ideas. And on the other side is the actual words of scripture. So I just went through and I underlined all of those. And I would just say, if that's something you like doing, maybe maybe give it give it a shot. Um, but we're not here for Bible trivia, guys. Uh, I just thought that might be helpful that, you know, you would be able to understand that that's kind of what the psalmist is doing. And those are the reasons why. But more significantly, at least I feel like for me, isn't the structure of the psalm, but what the psalm is about and, and the, the tenor behind it, which is, this is a love poem. This is a love poem to God's word. <laughs> So nowhere in the Bible does anyone gush about their love for God's word like this psalmist does here. And not only that, but it is so lengthy. In fact, it's the longest book, or not book, chapter in the Bible, not just the Psalter, but in the whole Bible, 176 verses. It's super long, and it's all about one thing. It is this psalmist saying, I love love, love. I delight in God's word. And I'm going to give you two examples. Uh, verse 14 says, I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I mean, I wish that that were true of my heart. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I don't know that I've ever said, I'm just, I just rejoice in following the rules. <laughs> um, but that is what the psalmist is saying. And I think it is right and good for him to say so. And I want to have that kind of heart. Another thing that he says in verse 20 is my soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. Again, like that I would have a heart, my soul actually, that would be consumed with longing for God's laws. I mean, wow, 
And that's the gift of this psalm because he is inspiring us, the readers, to have that same kind of awe and wonder about the word of God and and that we should long for it. And so he just enumerates all these things that God's law does. Um, here are a few things. So if, if I, again, if, if it were entitled, you know, Ode to the Rules, How Do I Love Thee, Let Me Count the Ways, like this is how he, he literally is counting all the ways. Um, and I'm going to give you just a few. He says that God's word teaches him to flourish, that it guides him in the right way, helps him do what's right, gives him life, purpose, hope, wisdom, understanding, peace, uh, and on and on and on. And then he also says that the converse is also true, that it keeps him from sin and uncertainty and misunderstanding, selfishness, offending God. Um, And then he also says that when things are difficult, like interpersonally, for instance, that God's word defends his actions and justifies him. It keeps him from shame and it gives him an answer for his opponents when they accuse him. Uh, and then also when things are personally hard, when he is just afflicted for whatever reason, it strengthens him and sorrow, gives him comfort and trials, um, and it reveals who God is. It reveals the steadfast love of God for him. So God's word reveals for the psalmist and for us that God's love is steadfast. And then finally, he says that I love this verse. It, I'm going to read it to you in the ESV. Uh, it's verse 160. It said, The sum of God's word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. So the sum of God's word, in other words, you add it all up, and this is what truth is. How we understand and know anything about the reality of what is happening around us, about who God is, about anything and everything. It is the safe right place for us to build our lives. And not only that, but it's also eternal. Like this isn't going anywhere. This is the right place for us to put our faith and trust. This is what we should love. We should love God's word like that. So you'll notice that this is, if you go through and read Psalm 119, you'll notice it is not just a, a scholarly exercise where somebody is enumerating this list of things that God's word does but it's experiential. And he says in verse 140, your promises have been thoroughly tested and your servant loves them. I just love that. Like he's saying, I'm speaking from experience. I have tested these promises and I love them. So those are the things that he enumerates for us. This is a love poem it's also, you know, an acrostic teaching, memorizing poem. Um, but what do we learn from this? What, what lessons does Psalm 119 teach us? First, it teaches us we desperately need God's word. So even if you think about just our one specific verse from Psalm 119, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. So if you just think about that one verse, we walk in a dark place. This is inherently saying that we need God's word to light the way. We are not the light. We need God to be the light, to shine a light on our path and to illuminate where it is we're supposed to go. We need God's word. The second thing that we learn from Psalm 119 is that 
we fail to follow the rules. So even though you'll notice when you read Psalm 119 that the psalmist is constantly affirming how much he loves God's word and the goodness of God's word and the desirability of following his laws, all throughout the psalm, he confesses that he can't keep the law. And it ends on this little sour kind of note. It says in in 176, the last verse, I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. So even the most dedicated lover of the law recognizes that he falls short. And in the end, he says, God, seek your servant. Help. He's asking for God to help, to find him, to look for him, and to help him. Um, And it's interesting to note that's what he asks for. And he doesn't say, God, I can't keep your law, therefore abolish it. He says, no, seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. In other words, I know them. I know I want to do them. I know they're wonderful, but I have strayed like a lost sheep, so seek your servant. Um, I just think it's this beautiful picture of our need. Um, So that is our third thing that we learned, that we need God to help us follow his word. So the psalmist says in verse 123, my eyes fail looking for your salvation, looking for your righteous promise. And in verse 41, may your unfailing love come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise. You see, he knows that he needs God to save him. He knows that he needs God's help. And he, you'll notice, is trusting in a promise. He is looking for God's righteous promise. Um, He says, come to me according to your promise, Lord. I need your salvation according to your promise. So the promise that the of salvation that the psalmist is looking for is something that we already know, isn't it? We know that Jesus is that salvation, that Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise, and Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. So all of these rules that the psalmist loves that he doesn't want God to abolish Jesus fulfills. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 17, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it on our behalf. Jesus has fulfilled these laws for us. So we aren't hoping in a promise, but in a reality. So we look back and we say, oh, Jesus, Jesus did this for us. And he was trusting in a future hope. But either way, we are trusting in the salvation of the Lord. So this leads us to our final question. How then do we live this out? Well, obviously we know that we can't, (laughs) right? That we're never going to be perfect, just like the psalmist wasn't perfect, that we are going to be like sheep and we're going to wander. But we can recognize that Jesus already fulfilled it for us. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled every rule on our behalf, and we can trust in him. And New Testament Christians, we have his spirit to help us, to guide us. John 14, uh, Jesus promises the spirit of truth to guide us and to lead us um, in in all of these things. So we can walk by the light. Uh, We can do what our verse is saying. We can and should let God's word be a lamp for our feet and a light on our path. Um, so all of these promises that we have about the truth of God's word, that that they lead us in the way of life, they give us purpose, that that's where we find our hope and our wisdom and understanding and keeps us from spiritual darkness and shame and sin and, and the like, all of those things that we talked about, 
that is why we need to allow God's word to be a lamp for our feet and a light on our path. Um, and just like the psalmist, I would just pray for us guys that that we would love God's law, that we would look at his rules. And even though we fall short, we wouldn't say, God, just get rid of that rule. I don't like it. We could say, Jesus fulfilled that rule on my behalf. And, and I am going to affirm that it is good, just like the psalmist, and, and praise you for it and say, your promises have been thoroughly tested in my life and your servant loves them. That's uh, Psalm 119, 140. So this is the joy that we have set before us to allow God's word to be a lamp to our feet and a light on our path. And as I close, I would just challenge you to maybe write down. So the psalmist wrote down 176 reasons (laughs) that he loved God's word and God's law, but maybe write down 10, 10 reasons that you love God's word, 10 things that you have seen God do in his word to to give you wisdom, to give you hope, to comfort you, uh, to sustain you through difficulties, whatever those are, that's my encouragement for you. And maybe also write just a prayer of thanks to Jesus for fulfilling the law on your behalf. Uh, Just what a a wonderful thing that we have. Um, So thank you so much for joining me today. And I just pray that as we press this word into our hearts and minds, that it would be a reminder to us as we're making decisions, as as we are heading forward in this year, that we would allow God's word to be the lamp and the light that guides our path. Thanks for joining me, guys, and I will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening, friends. I have a little public service announcement for you. If you have never been to our website, dwelldifferently.com, you should go over there because we have all kinds of devotional resources there for you. We would just love for you to visit over there. We have year upon year upon year of verses that we have been memorizing. Every month we memorize one new verse. Every month we post at least four devotionals on that verse. So if you're thinking, I'd like to memorize a couple more verses or another verse every month, then that's a great way to do it. So go on over to dwelldifferently.com and check out all of our old resource content. Just go to the devotional page and you can find all kinds of stuff there. It's free and we just would love to help you connect with God in that way.